Welcome to Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. We are so glad you could join us today. The Crosstalk podcast is in pursuit of growing in our understanding of the gospel and discovering what it means to transfer to the next generation. And now, here are your hosts, Charles and Daniel. It's good to be back with you this week. Thinking has been our focus of study these last few weeks. Uh, We've spent quite a bit of time trying to convince you of why it is important to think and the biblical argument for thinking. So I think over the last several weeks, we've made that very clear. Hopefully, we've made it clear yeah. to you. Hopefully, <laughs> you, there's been some of a challenge then there. Please yeah. let us know. But uh, now we want to bridge <clears throat> the gap between the importance of thinking, so the need for thinking, and how we actually think. So we've talked about the importance of thinking, the need, the, the biblical understanding of why we should think. But now, what is the right way to think? How do we think? So we're, we're moving more into the practical application, but the next couple of weeks, we're going to bridge the gap as we move into the applied realm of thinking. Right. And it should be clear that our goal is not to tell people what to think. No. That's a good, that's a good distinction. Now, we may step on that some. I mean, right. we can't avoid sharing what we think is the right thing to think, but, um, but that's not our goal. Our goal is to establish a Christian approach to thought, to thinking. So. Right. Well, and if we can teach you how to think, then we shouldn't tell you what you should think. You right. should be able to think correctly, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you it's, think right, yeah. then what is going to be right. yeah. going to follow? Well, it's, you know, it's interesting. Um, you teach somebody the fundamentals of a game. Right. And then it's up to them to develop <clears throat> their skill and their ability to play that game. Now, right. there are certain things and applied things that you have to know in order to do that. Sure. But some guys are better at it than others. Some ladies are better than others because of how they work on it and learn and yep. grow. Some are willing to work harder at right. it. And yeah. certainly some Christians are willing to work harder at the whole thing of Christian thinking. Yeah. So it's going to be kind of a ramp up to the applied realm of thinking. We're going to maybe be a little bit of overlap here, but I think that's just necessary as we kind of transition or as we say bridge the gap to this new idea of what it means to actually think and how do we get there. So let's just jump right in. Today we're going to talk about worldly thinking, which I think is important because the world right now is genuinely at and always has been, but I feel like it's genuinely grabbing at our ears right now and and our minds and trying to convince us that what we are and what we say we are as Christians is wrong. Yeah, it's significant. And you are you are you are wrong because it it speaks against anything that they want to do. Yeah, it's significant that when Paul was talking about interacting with the world and he said, you know, we're seeking to take captive every thought to obedience to Christ, that means that Thoughts are captive to something. Right. Something holds people's thoughts. And when it comes to the way the world looks at things, then our our work with the help of the Holy Spirit, of course, because without the Holy Spirit there is no success in this, is to take captive thoughts with the truth. Mm. That means the thoughts the truth has to have captivated us. Because if you're not captivated by the truth, you will be captivated by something else. Right. Yeah. Okay, so worldly thinking, jumping into here, what is worldly thinking? 
well, how do we how do we define it? How do we discern it? You I know? think we, we we define it. We um, understand it by looking at three things, three aspects of the world, and what is going on with the world. So the only beginning. three, only three. Well, there, I'm sure there are more. My little mind can't go far beyond that's, three. That's fine. I just had to. We, 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 our listeners know well that most of the time it is three things. Um, I, yeah. What can I say? Yeah. Anyway. First, the world and its influences. Now, immediately comes to mind to some people, oh, influences um, uh, television right. and movies and right. music. and Well, yeah. But we're going to go... Beyond deeper, that, we want to that. think beyond that. Yeah, um, the um, you know, I don't think I have those in my notes in the order I gave them to you. So why don't you just start that? Oh, off you and, want me to read through them? Okay, yeah. okay, yeah, because you gave them to me, and yeah, you're probably right. So I'll just read through them here. How about that? Oh, and fine. then we can kind of dissect them. So you 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 have kind of this list of, of what influence is. Yes, not so much the. Abstract or or the actual concrete elements that we talk about: social media, TV, radio, whatever you want. You want to go down that right. road. So, what are the influences? The glory of this world, the good of this world, and we put quotations around that. But there are some. So there is some good in this world. Right. Yeah. Um, the gratification of this world, the grasp of this world, and the God, little G, of this world. So the glory of this of right. this world. You know, it's interesting that when the the devil took. Christ, of all people, when he was tempting him in the wilderness, in the desert, when he took him up on this high pinnacle and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory, there mm. is a a glory, an attractiveness, a glory to the world. The world has a glory. And um, I mean, after all, the Lord created it. Yes. So, so we need to be aware of that. We need to be aware that all that to use the old phrase all that glitters is not gold you know that it has a glitter to it and i don't just mean a las vegas glitter no i know what you mean yeah uh i don't even mean a grammy's glitter i mean that's enough to talk right. about in itself but that's not i mean so it's not a, just a negative glitter it's not it's it's it an attractiveness be a, a positiveness to yeah, it. yeah it, it and so after we need all to be, we are of this world yeah yeah well i go back to i mentioned before and I, so i'm gonna repeat this because i think it's something to keep in mind in the book of revelation when john saw the beast and the woman uh and the um riding the beast what he what was called the great harlot and then he was he was amazed, and he wondered with great wonder at the beast and at the woman. And the, the person talking to him said, why do you wonder? Mm. Well, it wasn't a rhetorical question, but it's something of a rhetorical question. It because, well, of course she wondered because it was amazing. It was glory. There was some glory to it. It was amazing right. to look at, whatever it was. And so that is for us. We need to remember the world has glory to it. Um, the other is good, mm. right? Uh, there are good things in this world. You know, when we talk of total depravity and the fall, it doesn't mean there, that there isn't, uh, by God's common grace, elements of good. Good things happen. You know, I mean, there are great scientific discoveries. We see unconverted people doing really philanthropic things, going to help the people in a place where horrible um, earthquake has happened or whatever the case may be. Well, you know, this is pre-fall, but God did look at the earth and said, it's good. Yeah. 
It's it's good. I mean, policemen and those give their things lives, still exist. Get policemen give their lives to protect their communities, you know, or they they put their lives on the line. That's good. It's not bad. It uh, and so because of that, we can get this sense, you know, that we're in this fight for good and evil, and a lot most of us are on the same side anyway because we're on the side of good. That that's the general thinking that is not biblical thinking. It's it's a worldly way of thinking. And then there's uh, the gratification of the world. The world offers stuff. It offers <coughs> things. It offers gratification. offers gain. You know, and Paul said, what things were gained to me, those I kind of lost for Christ. Now, he was talking about religious things, right? but they weren't biblical things. They hmm. were unbiblical things. They were th- the religion he knew of was was it was um, uh, affected by the world and the world's view of what it meant to please God and have God's favor and to do what is good and right. So, and so there there is a gratification that the world offers or gain that the world offers. There's a and some of that is just things like in vocationally and right. Um, I mean, who doesn't want to be the the guy who shot? The shot, shot that went through the hoop just as the buzzer went off and right. won the game. All of those kinds of things that are attractive to uh, to those of us who know Christ. I mean, there's a well. Let me let me ask you this because we've talked about some of the aspects of the world that are actually positive, and then there's the negative aspect. Having harkened back to our conversation about a fallen world, which we've already right. talked about that, right? Um, so we are corrupt, and so that affects everything that we do. We don't see fully what it should be or what it was created to be. Um, but I feel like that that's what can make it even more deceptive because we do live in a world of good, yeah. of some good yeah. stuff. The trees, the air, the, the sky, the, the ground, the, the, even the things that man creates – can therefore make it even harder to discern because there's an aspect of good to it. There is, yeah. And so therefore it can be even more deceptive because we're willing to embrace that which might be good, and I put quotations around that. Who's going to diss the policeman, whether he's converted or not, who saved the life of a child, gave his own, or the fireman or firewoman or whatever. So, yeah. Uh, Which then, we're kind of going to these in a... We're graduating to each one. The, the next one is the grasp of this world. There's a grip, a grasp that the world has on us. And who, which of us wouldn't, if given the opportunity, live longer here? Right. You know, now, there are reasons for that. We love our wives, spouses. We love our children, grandchildren. We, we may love our jobs. We may love our church and our fellow Christians. But this world has a hold and. As we get older, that hold loosens. That's part of the process of preparing to go to be in glory with the Lord. But, but there's a grasp that it has. We we want the world's approval, right? You know, we don't just, and so this affects our thinking, and we need to be aware of that. We need to be aware that there there can come this grasp, this hold, this grip that the world has on us, and in the end, that's due to um, the God of the world who has blinded the eyes of those. Who do not believe. Now, mm. obviously, those of us who know Christ and believe, our eyes have been opened because the God who said, let there be light, has shined in our hearts, you know, 
and uh, shown us the light of the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ in the face of Jesus Christ. But the, the God of this world, he, when I say he's the God, little g of this world, he, he runs this world. And uh, we need to realize that even it's, – it's kind of like, um, you know, when you, when you think about your political foe, they, they do something you want. They've got, a, they've got an angle, right? Right. Well, Satan has an angle. Mm. He's okay with us being happy with certain aspects of things as long as we're willing to go along. And so we need to – these are things we need to keep in mind to keep from being worldly in our thinking. So we go back to your, kind of your original – question that you said people might be asking so you're thinking you know as far as influence what is influence all the tv the the movies the 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 facebook the whatever just go down the litany of media and and whatnot well yeah they do have influence we don't want to discount that but there's an overarching and i think the god of this world kind of puts feet to that there's an overarching concept here that there is a god of this world that has influence and it is not the god of creation. That's right. And we need and we'll get to this more next time, but we need to be asking ourselves questions that are of ultimate importance. And one of those questions is what is it we want mm. as as the people of God? Where do we want to go? And, and, and does uh, this world have a wrong influence on me or an outside inf- or uh, when I say outside, a bigger influence than just the normal things that happen throughout the day of going to my job and interacting with my family and enjoying his creation and even right. a great football game or whatever. Yeah. Does it have an influence on me that is that is causing and me to draw away from and not think clearly to think yeah, biblically? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so the world and its influence. Number two, the world and its inadequacies. I think this gets more to the heart of why the influence is not good. Right. The world is not adequate to answer our questions and to um, meet our deepest need. I'm watching the way I say that because some of the ways we say things, some of the ways we say things are worldly in their approach. For instance, um, sometimes people think, well, they want Jesus because he gives them purpose. Right. You know, they want Jesus because he, he'll help them to be successful. Um, he answers the big questions. But that's not why we come to Jesus, you know. Uh, we come to Jesus because we're lost and we are doomed and we've offended a holy God and only he has done what's necessary to make us right with God. So I want to be careful in my phraseology. Well, let me answer this question because we say it's inadequate to give answers, but I mean there are times in which worldly people come up with good yeah. you know, ideas that help solve a problem. Sometimes so just what we call common sickness sense. Sickness or yeah. even political ideas yeah. and views yeah. that will help solve issues. Um, well, most of us know we're not not very often going to get a really strong, committed, evangelical Christian who's right. going to become president. So yeah. when we say it's inadequate, well, I mean, maybe explain to me what we mean by that, because there are some things we say that, mm, this is pretty good. Well, there, there I are think a couple of things. That I see, and there are certainly others, but to me these seem to be the basic. One is that it's temporally motivated. Mm. The world and its thinking is temporally motivated. So it only fixes the problem that we have right now. It does not fix the eternal problem. 
Exactly. We address the questions of feeling, of safety, of security, and we do the things that make us comfortable, things that are convenient. We make decisions based on what we like. Not all bad, but is that the basis of what we do? And and the world is temporally motivated. They want answers for the now. The mm. world. When I say they, that's a it's a very loose term, but I, I think I know what you mean. But yeah. the world and its thinking doesn't say how does this affect my soul. Well, I'll give you an example. The world can come out even with all of its recent confusion when it comes to gender and family and how that all works together. But the world can come out with a with a a study, and studies show that. You know, Which, by the way, can be made to show about anything you right. want. Right. But yeah. just for argument yeah. purposes, studies show that if a home has a mother and father, that family is likely to be more successful and, and, and happy. solid and, and happy. And secure, yeah. Well, on the outset, you go, man, yeah, that's good. Yeah. I, I think they're, they're right. They got it. The problem <laughs> is, on a temporal level, it's only for right now. It yeah. has no eternal yeah. value, no eternal purpose, right. nothing to really make us think about why. Nothing even beyond the present what's generation. The, what's the point? Just yeah. to be happy? Yeah. Well, that, that that comes and goes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the world thinks, the world and its thinking is temporally motivated. You know, when Paul spoke to the Corinthian Christians, and uh, he said, uh, while we look not the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. That means, in other words, we focus on the unseen because the things which are seen are temporary. They're temporal. Mm. Things which are not seen are eternal. And there's a, a vast dichotomy there that we need to be aware of. The other is that the world is selfishly motivated, and these go together. Self One part leads to the other. Yeah. Uh, we want what we want. Right. You know, uh, when we're not motivated by the Word of God and the Spirit of God and about a regenerate nature and a transformed life. <clears throat> which is all done by God for us and in us, when this doesn't motivate us, we care about one thing, that's us. We still struggle with that as Christians. I mean, what husband, what wife doesn't struggle with that in their relationship? What child, what parent doesn't? But <clears throat> but we're moving away. We're moving away from that. Our goal is in the opposite direction. And while we may be stumbling along the way, falling off the side of the path, but the righteous man you know, falls seven times, gets back up again. Mm. But the wicked go headlong into to foolishness and destruction. So the worldly thinking is selfishly motivated primarily. When you think of this idea of motivation, I go back to your influence list that you were talking yeah. about and this idea of the God of this world. Well, they're motivated by a God of their own making. Yep. They're yep. not motivated by the, the God of the universe, the primary cause, yeah. the one who has the right yeah. to rule and reign. So the motivation there is the distinction. I, I think biblically is the distinction. As we think through these things, we have to realize that we are biblically motivated. Here is bridging this gap on how to think biblically. We are biblically motivated, not worldly motivated. Right. Just worldly motivated. I know and, some people will say, well, I know people who don't care about God, but they're not selfish. Um, well, first of all, I mean, I'd I know God, and I feel like I'm selfish. Probably they are, but they just may not. They may not show it the same way. Right. Some of the more selfish people do, but that's right. another discussion. So anyway, yeah. that that's um, that's another aspect of worldly thinking. Okay, so it's inadequate. It has influence. The world and its intentions. I, I think this one really gets to the 
kind of those means that people bring up when they think of influence, like social media, um, regular TV, news media, newspapers, which nobody reads hardly anymore, or the radio. God forbid we listen to the radio anymore. Um, you know, but podcast, all these different yeah, forms. Yeah. To me, now we get to the intention of why they're using these things. So let's talk about a little bit about that. Yeah, I was having a conversation with someone just a couple of days ago, and we are talking about Facebook and mm-hmm. and Google and how those things they know what you like. Oh uh, well, the algorithms they even know what are you think. running nonstop. Yeah, yeah, and their goal <clears throat> is not ju- the goal is to give you what you want, but it's for a nefarious reason. Well, oddly enough, there's this new AI. I don't know if you've been reading about it. Um, basically, these are robots or um, softwares that are very – they're almost human-like. Yeah, it's artificial intelligence. But yeah. it's its reached a whole new zenith. Yes, and, it has. And what's happening is is people are not liking the response they're getting from it. They're not liking the fact that this person is telling them what to do. And I'm like, this is an inanimate object. Yeah. It's yep. not a real human being. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're reaching these points in society where these, these influences are influencing us, but it's all motivated by what we've already just been talking right. about. There, there, are, um, uh, there are at least three aspects to the world's intentions we ought to notice. And some people say, well, this is the devil, too. And, yeah, certainly the God of this world is certainly a part of that. First, um, it seduces our minds. Hmm. It it's the world is seductive to our minds. It's interesting that James said, uh, um, a "Man is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desire." Mm. Um, and so that the world, the Google thing is just an illustration of that. That you know what we want, so we seduce you with it, right? But that's what sin is. What it does, we're we're not tempted by things we don't want. We're tempted by the things we want, and in our mind, our thinking. The world is is at work to draw us away from, to seduce us away from a, a Christ-centered biblical way of thinking. So would you say, with that in mind, if it's seducing our minds, that the antidote to that would be the discipline of biblical thinking? Yes, that's where we're going, and we're going to talk a little bit about that next time. But yes, so we have to fight against that. We, it's not going to happen right. if we just let it go. The other, <clears throat> Another one is that the world steals our affections, and so because it has this this um, good, this glory, this uh, gratification that <clears throat> is out there, then it it um, it steals our affections. And most of us have to, who are Christians, have to admit that we are easily drawn. Our affections are easily drawn to things that are just uh, temporal mm. and. And not just our needs, but our, you know, the toys this world offers. Well, and I think part of the problem is is that we do struggle thinking eternally. And and, and the reason we are is because we are temporal beings. Yeah. We don't yeah. know what – eternity is a hard thing to grasp yeah, in the mind. It is. And, you know, Paul said to Timothy, you know, that to be, to be – he was, was a warning to those who want to – who wish to be rich. Hmm. Because they'll be drawn away by many foolish and hurtful desires or lust, uh, but then he says, "Godliness with contentment is great gain." Now we're getting into the biblical thinking thing, so right. I'm kind of stepping on some future <laughs> stuff. That's okay. But we brought nothing into this world, and we will take nothing out. So, having food and raiment, basic needs, be right. content, be happy with right. the basics. 
And so, but the the world will want us to say we can't be happy if we don't win the lottery, if we don't have a lot, if we don't get this particular. Then, of course, marketing is part of that. That's yeah, just kind of an it's feeding of, the feeding the beast that never is okay and full. Yeah, yeah. What we do, what we need to realize then, and the final analysis is that the world is intention is to slay our souls. So you're saying that it is nefarious. It is. It is coming after it us. Is, it is, as um, some like to say, systemic. <laughs> they don't have a memo either. They all are on the same page. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not that. And, and that's because what, what Paul says about that our, our, our warfare is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. It is that. It's more that it's not just people. It's what's built into the wiring. It's what's built into the system. It is made to seduce us. It is made to grasp us and hold us. It is made to make us think a way that is totally opposite of the way God would have us to think. Mm-hmm. Therefore, and, and our souls are at stake. You say, "Well, if I'm a Christian, I'm saved. Then I, I I'm saved forever." Well, that's true. But the scriptures never encourage us to take for granted the state of our soul. Hmm. When I say take for granted, I mean, hey, I'm good. That that attitude. And so we need to realize our souls are at stake. That yes, we are preserved by the power of God, but we are called to persevere with that in mind. And our souls, um, as the the the, the old uh, poem says. My soul is all I have, mm. and that is that is ultimately true. We don't really have anything else for sure. So, that's what's at stake here. Well, it's been good. We've gone over a typical lot of time, but I think it's been good because the world has such a influence when it comes to our thinking. Yes, and if we don't recognize it, we're not going to be able to to think biblically. We're going to flip the coin and look at the more positive side next time. Absolutely. Well, in that case, join us next week, <laughs> and we'll continue talking about it. Thanks, everyone, so much for joining us today. You can always visit us on the web at crosstalkpodcast.org. Crosstalk is produced by Vision for Living Ministries, a nonprofit organization. This podcast is a free resource, but you can support us financially through our website. For more information on Vision for Living Ministries, visit our website at visionforliving.org where you will find more great resources. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Vision for Living or on Twitter, at V4L. We also love to hear from our listeners. You can email us anytime at info at visionforliving.org. Be sure to join us next week on Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. <laughs>